I'm Rosie Anderson and welcome to the Be In Cyber podcast. The idea of this podcast is to showcase the diverse range of roles available within the cybersecurity industry. So whether you want to be in cyber, whether you want to find out about the buzz in cyber, or whether you want to get on and not sure what your next path is, this podcast will hopefully be for you. My next guest is Barty Lim from Computer Centre. Let's hear what she's got to say. Hey Barty and welcome to the Be In Cyber podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. So tell me a bit about yourself Barty. What's your sort of background? How did you start out in cyber? So uh, whenever I have this conversation about when I started I feel very old now. I actually started about 18 years ago when I finished university. So I did, I did a degree in computing. It was networks and communication so I decided that I didn't like programming but I wanted to do something in computing. And in my final year, I did a module in cybersecurity. And that one module was where I decided what my career was going to be. So that's what I did. I finished university. I did a training course to get myself a bit more skilled up. And then I started working in IT. I moved into networks and then moved into security. Okay. So you've kind of worked in all areas of security or a lot of areas of security what's kind of been your key driver obviously you started in you started a traditional route as a as a graduate what's kind of been the most enjoyable part that's a difficult question so I really liked the technical aspect of the job and that's what I stuck with for quite a long time after I finished and I stuck to that actually until I became mum quite honestly It changed when I became a mum because I realised I didn't have as much time as I used to to study and stay on top of things. And I needed to be less hands-on technical, but technical in a different way. So then that changed. But actually, I've enjoyed every part of my job. I even enjoy my job now. So even though it's progressed and changed, I guess I've grown with it. So it's worked for me. And security's changed so much since I started. The, yeah. the jobs that I've been doing, the job that I'm doing now and the jobs that I've been doing didn't exist when I started. So they, they're always, it's, it, I've grown with it, I guess. Yeah. So now that you're a mum, how do you find sort of balancing that? Uh, I, I know myself as a, as a working mum with a new business and I imagine when you started new jobs, you want to prove yourself. You want to be available 24 7 and but you've also got small things that need you 24 7 as well how, how have you kind of found that balance it's been very difficult the switch from being available all the time being able to work and not having to stop at a certain time to I can only work certain hours and things like that so one of the things that I did when I came back to work after my second child was I went part-time so I was part-time in my, after my first child, but I was at the same company. I went four days a week. Mm-hmm. But then when I, when I had my second child, I changed jobs and moved to a different company. And I actually got a three-day-a-week role. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> See, it is doable. And part-time can work. I mean, how, how do you balance that? Because it's quite, I think some businesses think, oh, it's okay, we'll offer the job part-time and try and condense full-time responsibilities into part-time. How do you manage that? So I know that a lot of companies do still do that. And I've spoken to lots of people where they think that that's what I do. I, I guess I've been very lucky that I work for a company where that isn't expected of me. So everybody expects that my day off is my day off. 
even if I do log in and check my emails, I get told off. And nobody expects me to be doing all of my work in three days that someone else would do in five days. The only person that expects that is me. And, you know, but nobody else is expecting that. But the, the good side of that is that if I can't do any extra and I've done as much as I can in three days, nobody's expecting anything more. It was just the pressure I'd put on myself. So I guess I'm very lucky that I've been surrounded by really good managers and a company that accepts that part time is part time. Which is which is great. It's great to hear. And it's a great I'm sure you're a great ambassador for Computer Centre going out into industry. So tell me. Tell me about the role that you're doing now or, or the roles that you've been doing for the last five years, because some of those roles I've never heard of and I've worked in recruitment for quite some time. So tell, tell me what you actually do. What's your day job? So my current day job is it's a it's a group cybersecurity strategy manager. It was previously known as product manager. We've made some changes to how the role works. And to be honest, it kind of aligns the name aligns better to the role that I actually do. My role mm. hasn't actually changed that much. So my day-to-day job is looking ahead. So basically, as part of Computer Center's strategy, what is coming in the next couple of years? What do customers want to be doing or should they be doing or what do we we need to give them information about? So I look at the market trends. I look at the technologies. I look at things that we can put together for them as um, options for their security strategy and how that might work and how they can bring other technologies they've already got with the technologies that are coming in to give them more information so things will work better together. So yeah, that's quite, that's a big part of my role. And you're very linked in with pre-sales, is that right? How does that sort of fit? So um, I am linked in with pre-sales, but I also used to do pre-sales before. So that was my previous role for the past four years. So I... So if we have any new options, so if we've got any new product offerings that we are, are have come up with and we've created and we're offering to customers, I then can get involved with that to help because I would have been part of the process of coming up with the offering and putting all of that together. I'm probably the best placed to explain how that will work for our customers. So I then support our sales specialists in those conversations when and if they need me to. So it's kind of they come to me if they want additional help rather than I go to them yeah but it's kind of a joint effort so you know if they need some technical information or they need to know how something will work best for a customer they can come and ask me Um, and if they don't I will hopefully have provided enough information via our marketing teams and we've created all the collateral that we can provide that information to them and they can go off and have that conversation without bringing me in so it really is a very it's a very joint effort so I'm always available <laughs> to people when they get stuck. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, oh, we need something. Can you help? There's a lot of that that happens. And because I work across so many different parts of security, it can be that one day I know something about one thing that I've been looking at. And then all of a sudden I've been talking about a different conversation like zero trust. And somebody might say, oh, what have you done about zero trust? Do you know something? But I also then help put teams together. So if we've got someone in the UK that's doing something and someone in Germany, And I know that those people are experts, you know, they're both experts and I really think they should talk to each other because they have knowledge that they can share. Then that is part of my role as well as to kind of be the bridge between people to say, actually, I know, you know, this this person in Germany has done this and this person in the US is doing this and this person in the UK is doing this. And hopefully we're not replicating things. It sounds like a really cool role. Was it something that you ever thought you would be doing? Was it something you would ever known about? 
I never knew this job existed. <laughs> so it's something that I've just, I kind of almost stumbled on because the person, one of the people that works my team, so we're a very small team, um, I had a conversation with him and he said, if we've got this vacancy, you'd be perfect for this. And I'd never heard of the role. I didn't even know it existed, but I'd been speaking to the people that were doing the role the whole time, mm. which is why it's such a funny role because they do so many different things in the team. And, but I never knew what their actual jobs were because they just seemed to be everywhere in everything. And then when I, when I realized it was the same people I'd been speaking to, but just about a technology and something else. And I, I, you know, I got involved and they'd been speaking to a customer and they'd pulled me into a conversation. And suddenly I realized they were like the spider web. Yeah. You know, that was just like, there's, they've got arms everywhere. Blue. Yeah. And they just, like, they're involved with so many different things. But I just didn't realize that that role is what they did. Yeah. It's like I say, it sounds like a fascinating role. So looking back, or if you were hiring for somebody to do your job right now, or for the audience who want to get into cyber or might not know what they want to do, but this sounds interesting. What do you think are the important skills then to do a product manager, strategy, customer solutions, engineering type role? And this is half the problem, isn't it? Like we don't have standardized job titles for anything. No. This magic glue <laughs> companies. Yeah, I think it really varies on what, what you want to do. So, you know, as, as, as much as I feel very old when I say this, you know, I've been doing this for 18 years. So I've been technical, I've been hands-on, I've been around customers. I've worked with big customers, small customers, government customers, and all of that knowledge has kind of it's just stayed with me. And as I've moved, it's progressed with me. I think if you are someone who is happy to speak to people and be in front of people and present, that helps. And that's where my pre-sales role really came in is because that's what I was doing. You know, I understood the difficulty that the technical person has if something isn't sold correctly and isn't priced correctly and is and they haven't got their allocated days correctly I've been the person that was the professional services person who was putting it in and I've been the support engineer who had to fix what couldn't be put in by the professional services person because they ran out of time and money and so then it's the support engineer ended up with it and I've been that person and so when I moved into pre-sales it was because I understood those you know, we talk about customer pain points, but this was the pain point of the security teams, you know, not knowing what was included in contracts that the customer signed and what's not included and the allocation of time and how long things take. You know, in an ideal world, we think, oh, yes, you can put that product in, it'll be in in 30 days. But the reality is not that. And you have to allocate for some of those things and questions that will come out of this that somebody didn't ask. So it's all of those little things that kind of, added up to me thinking well actually I'd be really good at pre-sales and then doing pre-sales I guess it gave me a different element because I was in front of the customer all the time and I was looking at their requirements and I was asking them what are your pain points and then they would be able to tell me and I'd be able to apply the technical knowledge and so I guess when I got into this role that I'm doing now it's kind of just bringing all of that together so my counterpart who works in my team I mean, he's got a massive wealth of knowledge. You know, he's been doing security for such a long time. And I think that is kind of why we've, we've mm -hmm. ended up in these roles is because the knowledge that we've had isn't just a year or two, but it's across so many different areas and across so many different technologies that it helps. It's almost once, you, once you're used to and familiar doing this, 
it just gets easier to pick up a new technology because you understand the basics. And I think being technical really helps in that situation. It's understanding new products are X plus Y. Yeah. Yeah. And and just understanding how it will work for a customer, you know, because there'll be things that look shiny and pretty and, you know, everybody's like, yeah, we have to buy this product. But then how does it fit into your organization? Like, what is it your organization is trying to do? And I think those things are quite important, but you they do come over time. Yeah. When you first start inside, but those aren't the things you're going to know. And so it's, you know, it's a bit of a journey from learning those things. And I guess it just depends if you want to be technical or not technical, and if you want to focus on a specific area. So I always, I, I, I guess my route was really data related. So I did perimeter security and then I moved into data security. And so my background really is around data. Yeah. And, you know, I did, I did things like data loss and GDPR. So it's kind of all of those things have kind of fallen in there. And then I've picked up other bits like vulnerabilities and, you know, but then there's still technologies that I still, I'm still learning and I'm not familiar with because it's just an area I never covered because cybersecurity is so big. And it's constantly evolving. There's always new technologies. There's always new systems. I mean, you've done so much in, your, in, in that time. You've got a wealth of experience and a breadth of experience, which, which is great. Have you... Obviously, you did a little bit of freelancing, but have you mainly worked vendors? I mean, you've worked HP, DXC. I think they were the same company, weren't they? They were bought out, RSA, Fujitsu. How's, was that like a conscious decision or is just that where your home has been and where you feel most comfortable? So I guess the only vendor I worked for was RSA. And, then, and so that was a very specific, it was their product. Yeah. So I was a support engineer. But the other jobs have all been managed services. And they really vary because they have the professional services arm and they have a managed service arm. And so they they are, there's different parts to those organizations. The good thing is it's easy to then to switch from one part of it to the other. And they almost operate as different organizations yeah. within the organization. Yeah. I think once you fall into one, you kind of, it's easier. Like if you're in the vendor space, you tend to stick with the vendor space. It's what you know, it's what you're familiar with. The organization tends to work the same mm. and the structure is the same. There are the same similar job titles. Like a product manager typically actually is at a vendor. Yeah. And so when I heard product manager at Computer Center, I was like, how on earth does this work? Because we don't have a product. But actually our product is what we create as solutions for customers. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's why it's a, it's a funny job title because we don't have a product. And when you say that to somebody else who does work in the vendor space, they get confused because they're like, well, we don't have a product. But in a vendor space, they have a product and that product manager is responsible for making sure that the of all the things that the customers are asking for, that they need to be built into the product are going to be done. They manage the budget. They make sure that they meet the timeline. We do the same thing, but we do it from a product solution yeah. perspective. So, it, it, but you know, again, these job titles didn't even exist 10 years ago. No, they didn't. They definitely didn't. So I know you told me a a, a little story as to how you actually got your role post-child. So do you want to share that? Because I I, I advocate 100% for networking, but this is quite an unusual social network where you got your, or heard about your first, your recent role. Yeah, so... um... I was freelancing for a little bit. So I, I, I left my job at DXC after having my second child because there was, there was lots of changes. Company had changed names. 
and you know managers had moved around people had left so I thought I'm not going back to the same company so let's have a fresh start and I went freelancing I did that for a little bit and the problem with cybersecurity is you feel like if you're out of it for too long you can't get back so I went on to this Facebook page where someone told me, you know, I'd posted something on my Facebook, personal Facebook. And someone said, oh, you should join this Facebook group. So they added me to this Facebook group called Careering into Motherhood. And on there, you know, there's people sharing about part time roles. And if there's people that had roles, they would advertise them in there or they tell you about the recruitment pages that you could go to where they have part time roles or flexible working. And there wasn't many th- anything yeah. I could do for cybersecurity part time. So I put up a post. Know, is there anything this is what I'd really like to do can someone kind of point me in the right direction and a lady on there actually messaged me and said actually I might be able to help um, and she worked for service now and so she said let me speak to some of our partners and see if there's any vacancies for a security specialist because they have a security product and so she did that she spoke to a couple of the partners and that's how I ended up at computer center so the company that I worked for was called team ultra and Computer Centre had acquired them, but they were still operating as two separate companies at the time. And I, she put me in touch with the manager. Mm-hmm. He had a look at my CV. Uh, we had a chat. And I said to him, I, you know, he said to me, how many days would you like to work? I said, Ideally, I'd like to work three. You know, it's the, 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 dreaded, the dreaded answer that you want to like, you don't want to give, but you're like, if I don't put it out there now, I'm not going to get that. So I was like, I'd like to work three days. And he went, okay, we can do that. Mm-hmm. And I think like my jaw must have hit the ground because I was like, nobody would give me three days a week. And so we had a conversation and he asked me some questions like, how would you navigate around this if this happened and you had to work? I was like, I've got all these plans, got in-laws, my husband, everyone's supportive. He was like, great. Okay, come in for an interview. And so I had my interview and I spent, I think, three and a half years in that role. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, They were really supportive in so many ways especially with what me wanted to grow as a person as well as just my career and I always laugh about the fact that in that role I, I was always the one putting pressure on myself like oh I haven't done this yet I haven't done this yet and they didn't put any pressure on me it was the perfect place to be for that time period when my children were still not in school and I when when we went through COVID I was still in that role and it was you know they they knew that I was trying to juggle childcare and I was trying to work and do all these things that I was doing and then you know as much as I love I loved working then I could have stayed there I needed to take myself out of my comfort zone and move back into more general security products because I was focusing on service now which you know it's a great product but it's one product and I I really missed the rest of security you know because it grows so quickly I want you know there's so many things I'm interested in yeah and so I took a role out of that into the pre-sales role. And then, then this role came up and, you know, and then I think this is the perfect fit for me, to be honest. I think well, there's a couple of things there. The fact there's so many places for you to go within Computer Centre is a great accolade for them as a business. They, and you, you still work part-time now, don't you? Yeah. Which, you know, people say, we can't fill our roles we can't fill you know why can't we hire more women why can't we do this or this role's been open forever well two part-time roles fills one full-time role so okay it ends up being time and 20 percent or something um 
But the other thing is COVID, having having that support and having that flexibility during COVID. I mean, I know plenty of people who were having daily stand-ups, daily KPIs, daily call targets and things like that. Whilst the children, I know I had my daughter right at the beginning of COVID, but my son at four came home with his team's passwords. And I'm like, you can't read or write or operate a computer, but I'm expected to get you via teams like seriously are you absolutely <laughs> what yeah. on earth? and you know it's like I had a meeting and my son was sitting next to me so you know he'd sit next to me in my office and I'd be working and then he'd ask me a question and be like sorry I've got to pause I've got to just yeah. speak to my son because he doesn't care that I'm on a call no. he's like well I, I want to do my homework and what the work I've been allocated so the first first COVID lockdown wasn't so bad because you know unfortunately my husband had been made redundant at the time but fortunate at the same time he had the kids Mm. and so he just kind of did that I got on with my job we weren't affected second time my son had moved into year one into year one he'd been given work he had his login my husband just started his new job in January we went into lockdown uh, and I was like oh how do I do this like how do I actually work but they were fantastic absolutely fantastic and then you know and the, the good thing is that even when I did change roles, I've, you know, I was worried that oh, if I change roles, somebody will force me to go full time. Never has this conversation happened. Yeah. Never yeah. been asked to go full time. You know, people do ask me, do you, do, do you think you'll go full time? I was like, why? Why would I do that? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I can juggle everything right now. Yeah. Um, if I was full time, I think I'd really struggle. Some, I think my family would would struggle. Yeah. And then I would feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And then there'd just be the knock on effect of that. And so I have been very lucky. And Computer Centre is brilliant for part-time roles. There are so many people that work school hours. You know, and I considered switching to school hours. Uh, but I think for me, that would be really difficult because I, I think if I was at a meeting in London and you know, a customer was like, oh, we've got a meeting and it runs till five, I would be like, I'm sorry, I have to leave at 2.30 because I have to get home in order to pick up my child. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Whereas if, for me, working three full days... I'm just in work yeah. and I can juggle yeah. the pickup at, you know, cause my husband, husband can pick up, but it's that if I was doing that cut off, it would just be impossible. But I think that, you know, it's, it's one of the most flexible working companies I've seen. Yeah. And the other thing is computer centers been around for years, decades, 41 years. I was going to say it's, de- it's definitely decades. Um, and I imagine most people don't realize, but they're, like most vendors they're probably the back point of a lot of big industries that you come across all the time and you just don't realize it's computer center you're interfacing with yeah computer center has grown a lot over the even the five years that I've been here um and yeah I mean it's it's they're just they are they're really big there are so many roles and they're always there's always new roles and you know we're, we're always heavily recruiting especially for newcomers as well yeah they have loads mm. of programs for sales associates and the graduate programs they're brilliant I'm jealous that I didn't get an opportunity to be in one of these um but they have like fantastic things and the thing I, I really like about computer center is that it isn't just my job that I do here so I get involved with our um, future talent program and I get involved with um you know we're doing we've got um employee impact groups and I'm involved with the ethnicity one and I'm involved with the gender and I just I get to do all these additional things as well as my job and 
and I absolutely love that I have all of that like I feel like it's you you, you become a much more rounded person and it's not just yeah. your job and it's a great way of actually just connecting with like other colleagues that I don't even work with in the same area so you know I, I'm friends with people that work in so many different parts of the business just because I've done all of these events and things yeah so yeah it's 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 one of the things I really love about my job. This is like a, I love computer <laughs> Yeah, I should probably say at some point sponsored by, but it's definitely not sponsored by. It's great to hear of fantastic places to work, though, because a lot of people will think, God, I'm never going to get a part time job. How am I ever going to get into this industry when I need this? And there's it's a great way to sort of shine a light on businesses that do this really well. Um, like I say, the, there's parts of your role there's the vendors I know it's not vendor it's managed service side that I've never really understood so we talked a little bit about obviously you've got that breadth of technical experience that enables you to do that role if somebody's thinking okay I want to do what Barty does how do they get there is it you spend your time in industry and then get there or are there faster like life hacks or the things that you wish you'd known or somebody had told to you when you started out I guess it's difficult because when I started, you know, I always say, I always make this joke to people that are like starting out. I started when it was a knock, you know, there wasn't a stock, you know, so it feels very old. Um, you know, I feel a bit outdated 18 years ago because security wasn't a big thing. You know, it was like the add-on, you know, like nobody cared, but you had to do it. Whereas like now, yeah. Defence yeah. did it and banks did it. I, I can remember. So I've done 20 years in recruitment and we had to wait for the post cvs to come in and there were still occasional clients that wanted cvs via fax so i can remember those those painful days and, and actually yeah. knock it was typically telecoms wasn't it had a big knock yeah well because well, i obviously i worked at fujitsu at the time when i started and at us origin they had you know they had knocks and i worked in their knock and i was like their solo firewall person in at us origin that was doing there was like there was a handful of firewall people but i became like the person who just did firewall stuff um, because I was just interested, I was really interested in security, and and I loved, I, you know, I loved firewalls. I found I feel I sound like such a geek. I, was like, I loved firewalls at the time, and all of the new technology that was coming in, and it was, you know, it's so different. It's so different now. There are training courses. I still think that getting that hands-on experience will give you the best knowledge that you can, and I think it's really important to know where, which area you want to go into. So there are obviously roles that are non-technical. And there are so many non-technical roles. And if that's what you want to do, there are lots of opportunities. And it's one of the things I always say when I go out to schools and do talks is that you don't have to be technical. But if technical is what floats your boat, then, you know, there are, you, you need to get hands-on experience. And I think one of the best ways are in socks because you get so much knowledge and so much comes at you. You can't not learn. <laughs> you know, even if you're not trying to learn, you will learn. Because they'll have so many technologies, there'll be so many customers in there, there'll be so many things that are coming in and the people surrounding you, level twos and threes and people that are going to start progressing, they will have been doing this for a while and they would have picked up things. And I think a lot of the things I learned were from my colleagues that surrounded Mm -hmm. me. I had some of the best colleagues who would just, they'd help me. Anytime I got stuck, they would help me and they'd share that knowledge with me. And that is one of the best ways to learn. But there are obviously all these training courses. There's lots of stuff available online, um, much more than there ever was before. And I just wish I had time to do these things now. But I think if you're starting out and you do have that time, there's, there's so much knowledge and there's so many training courses. Um, 
and as you know, I volunteered for to be a capstock mentor. And there are there are so many courses. I did a training course similar to that when I started. So just think, you know, it's out there if you want to. And there are plenty of ways to find yeah, it. Yeah, I think there's so, like you say, there's so much opportunity, but actually that hands-on knowledge, however you get that, whether that's training courses, whether that's hack the box, whether that's, you know, your own tinkering, making your own home network at home, you, as your you can spin up as your scenarios, can't you? And, and practice and play. And there's so much opportunity to learn. Do you get involved in recruitment where you are? Do you look for that when you're hiring? So I don't get involved with recruitment um, just because I guess, (laughs) especially the last few roles that I've done, um, there's not been any more people in my teams. I did get involved with when I was in the service now, um, when I was in that role, but that was for the graduate position. So I got involved with that. There was a whole day that we ran for graduates and they did a whole process of interviews as well it's, I say interviews they had like tasks and all sorts of things they worked as teams they had to do presentations which is actually really fun to get involved with I think interviews have changed quite a lot um, speaking to other people but I think then there are some of you know a lot of the interviews I have will be very different to the interviews that somebody who's starting out yeah get. but I remember yeah. when I started you know I used to get technical question tests you know I'd get like one interview where they speak to you and then the second one might be or, or sometimes the other way around I think I did one at I think a McAfee at the time and it was like a full hour of questions oh wow and then, yeah and then there was some scenarios in there and you know some logic puzzles yeah and you know yeah. you can't prepare for those you know like if you have two jugs <laughs> like that kind of thing <laughs> and but yeah and then there was but there was all the technical ones and it's it, I think it really varies because when I had my interview with HP and I had my technical interview I didn't know the technology I was being interviewed for very well. And my manager was brilliant, you know, because I did go and work for HP because he, when I didn't know the answer, he kind of asked me a question that was, that was kind of sidelining the original question, but in the area that he did know that I was aware mm. of because he knew that they overlapped and he wanted to understand what my breadth of knowledge was and could I learn. And so part of their interview process at the time was that, you know, they gave me an opportunity to, to see how much I could learn. So I had a presentation and I was, you know, I had 30 minutes where I had to present something, but they gave me the scenario when I had to go and work it out. And they just wanted to know that I had the ability to learn. I think it really does vary, but I think some of the best interviews I've had are those kind of interviews where actually the manager can see past the fact that you might not know the technology, but you have the ability to learn. And I think that's really important. It is. It, that's important for people when they're interviewing as well. If you don't know the answer, just show how you would find that out or what where you've done something similar where you didn't know the answer and what you did, you know, what was the process that you follow. I think too many interviews sometimes are looking for the completed article, but actually, like you say, you just need to know that you can keep learning and developing on the job. Well, that's been fantastic. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any more funny stories for me? Like what's what's been the worst experience or the best experience so far? Well, there's been some pretty bad experiences. <laughs> I nearly left cybersecurity multiple times. I think things have changed quite a lot since then. But unfortunately, it is, it's still not, there is still some sexism. I am female. There aren't many women in these roles there aren't many women in senior roles which makes it really difficult as well I think and I think that 
is still a bit of an issue. You know, I, you know, I, I was talking to some of the, the caps lock mentees that I had and some of them are female and I said, you know, as much as I'd love yeah. to say to you that you're not going to have to prove yourself, you are. You do have to prove yourself because yeah. it's just it's still things have not changed completely. And, you know, there's ways you can take it. I always took it on as like, if you think I can't do it, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. And that, that was generally my kind of my attitude of if you think you, if you tell me I can't do something, I want to show you that I actually can. I can mm-hmm. do that. But I know that it can be really hard if you have come from a different sort of industry, you've changed careers or that's not what you're used to. You're coming in and you're not confident. And I just think it is possible. We're just as good. Women are just as good as men at these jobs. We do need more women because we do balance things out. And you know there are opportunities. Yeah. There are lots more women that are moving into more senior roles. And those women are helping change things from the top. So there will be a change. It is slow, but there's so much more progress than there was ever. When, you know, when I started, I hardly ever saw any women in any of the roles. I think there's definitely big strides to improve diversity. Yeah. I think more businesses now actually understand why it's important and how it actually improves the bottom line I mean if you look at the four-day work week the businesses that trialed out I think it's something like 78 percent have continued with the four days yeah I think it's I always think it's funny that people think that you know if you work part-time you don't work as hard I found that I work harder part-time than I ever did as a full-time person and I yeah. apologise to all those companies where I worked full time, because <laughs> especially when I was in the office, because, you know, I'd go and have a coffee and I'd go and make a cup of tea and I'd go and chat to my colleague as I walk down to the kitchen and yeah. all of those things. Whereas now I'm like, I've got to work. I've just got to work. I've just got to get it done. I have a deadline. I need to get this out. And then I'm not in tomorrow. Yeah. So I just work. Like, I always feel like I work like a robot. Like, I, you know, all my tasks are happening. I've got notes coming out my ears. You yeah. Know, everything's in my calendar. I've got scheduled times for things. So I think I work harder, but then on the flip side, I have that time off. So I don't, you know, one of the biggest struggle I had when I started working again after having children is the mum guilt. 100%. Am I doing enough? Should I even be working in all of those things? And actually, even now, my children still have no idea that I have a job. You know, when I, I think my husband's the only one that works, you know, but now I've made it very clear that I work in cybersecurity. I went and did a presentation at my son's school. Yeah. Like, mummy is cool. You know, <laughs> she's cool. She's got a job. And I think the best, the best thing I heard from my son a, a little while ago was so he was like, So you have lots of jobs. You have your job, you know, your cybersecurity job. And then I run a side business. It's like, and then you have the business. And then you look after us. Mm. So you have three jobs. And I went, yes, and daddy only has one. <laughs> one <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he, ha- he does look after the kids. Like, so daddy has two jobs, mummy has three. Yeah. Um, but I think before that, they just thought I was, the, I was just mum. Yeah. You know, and I think like you just, you, it's, it's good for me to have my life as this person and to have my life with my children and to be, and to be balanced because I do a lot of, about mental health. And, you know and how it affects us and I think as a mum you know and as a parent I think even for dads it's quite difficult you know that balance is hard but unfortunately I think still the world still always thinks well can't the mum just do that yeah you know you get a lot of that and I think that's quite difficult for dads because you know if my husband says oh, I'm, oh you know I need to take this time off to do something with my son you know the the automatic response from a lot of people is well what's your wife doing 
yeah you know why, why can't she do it and my you know I've said to my husband you say my wife is working <laughs> you know she also has a job but I think it's really important to make sure that we have a balance balance for parents I think working in these things and it doesn't just apply to technology applies to all industries really to be honest I think yeah. people are calling it out more and like you say even if they don't say it they probably still think it but I think COVID's been a bit a great leveler for parents, both sides, and for a husbands and wives to see what the others actually do all day when everybody yeah. was working from home, and then these these wonderful offspring that we create, and then think, yeah. can't we put them in, you know, like, like you do with a dog, we put them into a cage for a few hours whilst we work? It wasn't, can't do that, can you? No. But there's a lot more flexibility now, and it is it is more normal to see men. Uh, at the children's and parents groups and men doing school pickups I know I see that I mean most people don't actually realize I work part-time I work school hours but then I also work into the evenings and again multiple jobs multiple hats multiple multiple conflicting guilts shall we say (laughs) because everybody wants some time with you don't they but for me you know having that time with my children whilst they're young and being able to pick them up from school most days is important but having that support network where you can go I can't do today can you know sometimes people will ring me and it's very noisy at yours like, yeah my two children have doubled to four because I help my friend and she helps me and <laughs> all this sort of thing yeah I, th- I think the other thing that's probably quite important is I had a conversation with somebody last week and they said that they 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 can see all these people on LinkedIn you know all these let's call them influencers um you know I don't know if LinkedIn has influencers in the same way Instagram does but the people that are visible and seen and you know in the winds the ones that are women are fantastic in cybersecurity, but they don't you know a lot of them don't have children mm. and she said but where are the mums where are the mums who are doing amazing things we can't see them and I thought it was a very good point is that we need to be we also need to be seen you know and mm. I, I think I don't know if it was, I, you know, I can't remember who it was that I posted that I was following on LinkedIn. It might have been yourself. I really posted about like, oh, I've got a child. And it's like, I think it's important that we acknowledge that we are mums and actually we're doing everything and it's possible. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, you know, especially for someone that's coming in because she said she's only just started, you know, in the last year in her career and she switched careers into cybersecurity. She needs to know that it's possible to do it, to be able mm-hmm. to work have a child go up the career ladder and it's not going to stop because that's what I thought for a very long time once I had a child my career was over and actually and that's where the gender gap comes in because actually the the gender pay gap most people start the same salaries but women take that time off to raise children and that's the problem and obviously you shouldn't automatically get pay rises and pay rises when, when you're not there but you also shouldn't be excluded from progressing past that points which is what happens it, it is an important message you, you can be a parent mums and dads and I know I know many dads where they're sole parents as well where they feel that they're missing out but you shouldn't I think I think the thing with cybersecurity is it's a role where we're protectors we are protecting business we're protecting industry we're protecting people and as parents but of both genders sexes um you know that that's that's the instinct that's in us to protect others so whether that's part-time roles whether that's full-time roles I think businesses need to look at these roles that we can't fill 
who could do this? Is this a perfect role for a parent? Is this because there's something that could be part time? Then a computer centre probably do advertise part time. A lot of businesses, when I speak to them, I'll say, can this role be done part time? They'll say, yes, of course. Yes, um, it can be flex. We can work flexibly. You've not put that on your job advert. So yeah. instantly, these people who are going out there and looking for part time roles aren't going to apply for that full time. You know, even if it's not something you've done before, we are open to part time working, flexible working, job share. It's one sentence that you can put on the bottom of your job advert, which will then open it up. Because if I'm looking for a part time role, that's what I'd search on. And it's just that eye opener of, ah, yes, this is a workforce here that's desperate to get in or desperate to get back in to tech that can really help with all these unfilled roles that, that we apparently have. Yeah, I think I was I was looking at the statistics of how many women leave their careers after having children and it's something like 70 percent. Yeah. You know, and they take all that knowledge with them. So if you think that I've been working for about 18 years and if I hadn't come back after my second child, I would have taken 13 years of knowledge with me. Yeah. And it would have gone. So, you know, and I, I did I did consider leaving cybersecurity because I couldn't find a part time role. And if I look at where I am now. Did I ever think that I'd be in a role where I, what doing what I'm doing? No, I never thought I'd be doing this. You know, I, I sometimes I have, sometimes I laugh to myself at the fact that I've I've managed to get promoted to such a senior role when I assumed my career would be over. Yeah, and yeah. to get to this, you know, when when I took the role and it was kind of pointed out to me that I was going into a very, much more senior role than I was in before. it's almost like a pinch me moment how could this happen like I didn't think I would ever do this you know I decided I was going to have children my salary wouldn't increase my job you know there's no career progression left for me how would I juggle it all and you know know, yeah it's just it's amazing that it's possible yeah and I just think we need to see that more Mm. and make it open because it means that people will come back and if you do take a year out we need to have plans in place to say right how are we going to get these people back into the workplace how are we going to support them train them provide them what they need because there's so much knowledge they of things that they won't have forgotten you know and I always say that with things especially in tech you can learn tech yeah you know if you there's things soft skills if you've gained those soft skills you've been in front of a customer you know what to do you know how to handle a meeting you understand what's involved with dealing with support tickets or whatever it might be that you're doing don't lose those skills no no just the no. technology moves on and but we can teach that that's what training courses are for yeah. So, yeah you know I just think it's we lose so many women because of that and even if it's not one year if it's two years three years four years you've got things like Capsock. Capsock will do business um cohorts of training they, they'll tailor training for businesses you know there's again not sponsored by Capsock. I'm sure there's other training <laughs> providers out there but these are nice problems to solve when we've solved the people problem. You know, we found the yeah. people that we want to get back into industry. There's so many great programs out there like tech returners and so many wonderful schemes. But I think even vendors, like I get so much access to vendor training. Yeah. Being where I am just because, you know, we're partnered with so many different vendors. So if I came into a role and I don't know a technology and there are lots of technologies I don't know. I can just sign up to a training course and it's all included because computer centers getting those for free. So, and lots of organizations have the same setup. 
so I, you know it's one of the things where I just don't understand why we put those things in front of all of the other things somebody might bring to the table and those yeah. are the things that actually you can't teach they're the things that people you know they've, they've learned over time the soft skills that they've learned we know that there are lots of technical people out there but we don't need just technical people in cybersecurity. we need people who have you know understand what's happening they've got empathy they can have that conversation you know can hold that meeting understand who they're talking to and what level it needs to be pitched out all of those things are so important yeah if you've ever negotiated with a toddler to get dressed or not to you know <laughs> today isn't a welly day <laughs> you do need to wear pants <laughs> I'm not sure that screaming at my customer would necessarily <laughs> at some point when I've lost it when I've asked 10 times and he refuses to get yeah. dressed um, <laughs> is the same level that I don't want to talk to a customer but I tell you I teach you patience <laughs> yeah yeah patience definitely um, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm much more patient than I've ever been in my life yeah and I think you've got two children same as me going from one to two is a game changer like it's not double the work it's treble the work it's just yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, yeah I mean yeah we we're very like I've, and they're so different the mm. children so you know one of them just listens and gets on with it and one of them just he, you know he just cries when I tell him I was like oh I can't negotiate yeah. with you you know it's that kind of thing like so now we have to find a nicer way to make you do <laughs> what I wanted to make you think it was your idea and actually that's probably one of the best skills yeah, you can have 100% because you know it's like being able to get people to do what you want a lot of the time is part of the job you know because people want to do what they want to do and you know but you've got to show them what's in it for them as well as what's in it for you yeah and I think that's quite an important skill for a, a five-year-old and a parent. <laughs> um, is that, you know, if you do this and get dressed, we can go here and then everybody benefits yeah. from this. It's, it's the same principle, isn't it? Like, you know, got to work both ways for everybody. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. That's been amazing. I think the message there needs to be we need more parents. Uh, we need more mums. We need more dads in cyber. And 100% your career isn't over because you've reproduced. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Be In Cyber podcast. That was Barty Lame of Computer Centre. If you've got a story that you'd like to share or somebody that you'd like to hear from, please reach out to us on all socials. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe and share.